Yeah, the VA stuff is, I mean, this that's gold, dude. Totally oh, gold. dude, we, we'll talk about it. But welcome back, everybody. Best hour of their day. Uh, Nate and I were just talking, and I was like, we, we've been talking way too long. We missed so many gems here. But uh, I've got my buddy on here, Nathan Holiday from The Level Method, and we'll get into a lot of what he and his crew do and how they provide value. Um, I've worked with him in the past. I really dig what they do. Uh, but I know you're a crazy busy guy, so I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, we were talking a little bit, you're, you're in the middle of like moving your gym, like, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this very, very lucky timing. Sometimes things just work that way, but for about six months, we're planning this merge to move my members over to a local gym for a variety of reasons. And the, the, the lease was up on April 1st. So like right in the, the high times of all the pandemic, we closed down and merge everybody over. Now it's an ongoing process. We're doing a lot of uh, virtual coaching still, all that sort of stuff, but hopefully that ties up pretty soon. And sometimes, sometimes luck is on your side. Sometimes it is not. Oh, dude, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you and me both. Um, but I, so I do. So we were talking right beforehand, and I've had this conversation a little bit before. I, uh, um, do you know Matt Albrizio from Forever Fierce? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he and I did a podcast on the the VA, like literally just that. Oh, and he's a big uh, VA guy. He's a big VA guy. And so if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about virtual assistants. So I got one about a month ago. And then how long have you been using one? Um, I started the big project in mid-2018. So it's been okay. about a year and a half to almost two years. So the first question is, have you had the same one the whole time? I've had two. So I, I originally hired four because I had no idea okay. what I was doing. And, I was, and then two of them <laughs> dropped off like a, a couple of one of them disappeared totally. And then one of them just quit because they she couldn't do, deal with the thing. And then I've had two uh, the whole time since then. That, yeah, the uh, what, what we were talking about beforehand is I had one in the past. And one of the key, there's, I think there's two key components and I'll let you hop in on this too. In my experience, I think there's two key components of utilizing a VA efficiently. One is you have to understand you have to teach them. Like they don't, they don't just like magically know how to do things. Right. And, and everybody gets frustrated with that, which I think is a little odd. Like, I don't know why you would have that expectation. There's no other job where like people just know what the hell to do. And the second one is you have to really put some thought into like what the appropriate tax tasks are to give a VA. Cause if you give them the wrong tasks, it won't work out. And that's not on the VA. That's on me if I gave them the wrong tasks. So I'm curious if like for those who are, who have listened to this and are getting a bug in their ear, like what would be your advice with regard to that? So a couple things like a VA is the absolute getting someone to do tedious tasks for you is the absolute fastest way to leverage anything in your business. So this was something on my radar for many years and I never really got it. And then I went to this seminar, a uh, buddy that had a, this one guy was talking about VA. So I left that seminar with just this idea that I really needed to get this in place. So then I, I started on this big project of getting them. And some of the things, the biggest secret for VAs that I found, and this is like a massive hack, is to, with any task, anything that you do that's tedious, record a video, a screenshot, a screen flow of yourself doing it, and then have the VA create an exact written process of exactly what it is, and then keep that in your records, in your files, so that if the VA does leave, you've got the process and you can give it to another VA just in five seconds. And the video. And you don't have to do the written process. Right, and you don't, exactly. And, and then so the, the, all of my process is it starts with, with creating the process. And then the great thing is also that you can tweak processes over time. So you can do another mm-hmm. video, change something, and they'll add it in. You know? So then you create a database of all these different processes. And I run it through Trello. And then I just shoot oh, a, a Trello. I do too. Yeah. So, and I'm the, I hate, listen, I hate project management systems like Slack. I want to blow it up. What's the Slack's other one? Uh, Slack. Oh, there's Slack Asana, like, there's Trello, there's, there's, Trello, like there's, there's a Monday. ton. What's the old, what's the, yeah. Uh, Mondays. What's the, what's the other one? The old school one that has like the little weird picture of a mountain. It's like, uh, Oh, Basecamp. Basecamp. I, I hated that one too. 
I actually really kind of dig Trello. Like I, it, it, it has the, it, yeah, the and it has the Lord. functionalities that I, that you need in there, which is like notifications in there. I can like, it's just a good tracking tool. So anybody who's not kind of looked into Trello coming from a guy who hates project managers, cause I think they're just far too complicated. Um, Trello is, is you could get it sorted out within a week. It's super simple. Long end. Yeah. Yeah. You just imagine note card or uh, post-it notes in lines yep. on the wall. And one of them is like, okay, do this task. And the second column is doing. So in process. And the third is ready for review. And you yeah. just move them. Yeah. You move them. You can put, you can put as much stuff. You can put checklists in the cards. You can put due dates. I can assign it to somebody that notifies them and notify. I mean, like you can. And so what I've done for a lot of mine is in the card, it's got the task. If it needs a checklist, it has a checklist. Those checklists might have dates on them. I sign who I want it to. And in, in the card, if I have a video that needs to accompany it, I put the link to the video exactly. in there. Uh, and I use, I don't know what you use for video. I started using loom about a year ago. Um, and the only reason I like it more than any of the other ones is because there's no upload download. I just record it and it immediately gives me a link and I just mm. change the title and share the link. So oh, it was cool. always a pain in the ass to like record something on QuickTime, upload it to YouTube or Vimeo or something like that, and then have to share it from there. It's just, it's immediate. Like it's the second I hit hit stop on the record, it'll bring up a web page. And then I just change the title and I can share the link in like 30 seconds. Mm, um, it's yeah, it's really app. easier. Same, okay. sim very similar, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason I, I forget where I, because you can do just screen capture, you can do a video or you can do video in screen capture. So I can mm -hmm. put myself on the video too. So I dig that. Um, but that's a good way to clean up a lot of the, the, the weird, niche things in your systems that are that are hard to put in writing which is like ah the tab is over here it's not super user friendly and it's so if you're trying to use a va i agree with you and that's that's clockwork in a sentence from right. written by michael mccallow which is like screen capture everything share it and that's what you do yeah it. But, um yeah that's cool i uh this is the first time i've ever used one where it's where i'm starting to get traction and i'm like excited about it like i started with like five or six things and dude, now I've it's like a magical power it's like oh, a, dude. it's a fucking power you go to sleep and you wake <laughs> up when there's things done like when, when that started happening i was like i couldn't believe it my brain was just constantly like just buzzing i'm like dude this is so cool well the mistake is we we typically like to give people because you know people they want to be involved in the gym or they want to work more but more often than not, these folks, the tasks that I give them don't fall within their natural skill sets. Right. Where if I'm going to get a VA, I'm hiring for people that like are good at that shit. Like they're right. good at spreadsheets. They're good at like workflow and project management. So like it's, it's, it's incredible. Like I, I think everybody should do it and start taking off all those tasks. Like you want reports pushed to you every day or every week, like do that stuff. Um, yeah, it's I'm like a, I'm one of the things uh, was that for a long time, like I sort of didn't pull the trigger on VAs because I didn't really know. I was like, what am I going to do with a VA? Like I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't made the, the jump with everything that you do that you don't like doing. Oh, that's that's, exactly. a, that's a, 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 a task that happens in the same way every time, you know, that's yep. it. It's like there's, as a business owner, all of my retail was done that way. Everything like it just is like, it was crazy. If, if I'll give like, I, there's a ton of specifics that I could give. And I, we, Matt and I talked about this and I, I've been adding to it ever since we had the conversation. But here, if, if somebody just wants like a big, like vague answer, the VA can be your first go-to for all the good idea fairy things. Like somebody walks in and is like, hey, we should do whatever. It, meaning like they want you to do it because they think it would be cool. And, I'm, and by this person that walks in your office, I mean, it's generally an employee who comes in to give you work. <laughs> right. It happens and all the like, time. All the time. They're just like, hey, I think we should do that. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the, uh, that is what you could do. So it's just like think about all of the things that you could do that would enhance like your members' experience. Like sending out birthday cards, emails, like uh, exactly. gift cards, all that stuff. Like if you just start just with those touch points like that you're not doing, that you want to do, that you don't have time because you forget and don't want to – and the person that you gave it to forgot right? Like all that stuff is the stuff that you can start with. So it's like a great example of that, that we did with social media was I just had a recurring monthly task to look through all the members' birthdays, take yep. all the members' birthday, move them to a spreadsheet and then create 
posts for each one of the people, put the thing, create it in Canva. The Canva is also a, a, a set of tasks that she yep. knows how to do. And it's just like, now you have birthday posts <laughs> done. You know, it's just yep. like, it's crazy. Which is, which is cool because that, so, and so this is the, the social media is a slippery slope. So having somebody do social media content, that's different. not a CrossFitter is not a good idea, but this is different because that's a very specific task that if exactly. I've lined it up and I'm like, this, this doesn't have to do with like CrossFit or training or anything like that. This is member highlight. You should absolutely give them that, right? Be like, Hey, on their birthday, you're going to make a post. You're going to tag them, go search out, find out who they are, like whatever, create this. Here's the template. Boom. Put it up there. All the things that you kind of want to happen systematically that are super important. Like those are the things that you give them, not write an article about the importance of hip extension. Like that's not what they do. Um, right. So I think it is important to make a distinction. If you are going to have them do social media, it should not be anything that is educational um, in nature. It should be, you know, member centric. Right. Um, cool. Well, anyway, let's talk about level method, man. Um, yeah. So I'm not even going to attempt to explain it because I will, I will butcher it. So kind of give people, your pitch for level method and what it what it is before we get into like why it's valuable yeah so level method is just a ranking structure originally it was just a ranking structure to show people where they were in fitness and give them a map to get better uh, and then over time it really developed into a power of moments tool to highlight people and to engage the community and um you know really accelerate coaching calls and uh, goal setting sessions and that sort of stuff. But essentially it's designed to put somebody, it, plug them into fitness faster than they would naturally be plugged in because, you know, there are so many different variables within fitness and someone comes in and they're totally overwhelmed. And all we're doing is we're pinholing. We're just, we're taking all the amazing things that are around and we're just focusing them on a set number of things and then helping them mm -hmm. map a plan out. That's really what the love method is. Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know, like first time we sat down and talked about this is probably about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer, but the, I've always explained it of, there. So there's this concept in CrossFit. So we've, so we, like the definition of a CrossFit obviously is, you know, uh, constantly varied functional movements executed high intensity. Well, functional movements, pretty obvious should be natural in, 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 in that sense, uh, intensity, like people misinterpret it, but have like an idea of what it is. The variance piece nobody really understands in my personal opinion until they sit for the level one and we can explain it a little bit more because it, you know, there is, it's like, yeah, we just do something different every day. And I'm like, yes and no. Right. Yes. It's not, it's yes, we're doing something different, but it's not random. There is a thought process behind it. So I think what you have done with regard to level method is taken this abstract monster of variance and made it about as clean as you could make it in my opinion. Right. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't think you'd be offended by this. Like it's not perfect. Cause I don't think it can be perfect. And no. I don't think you think it's, I don't think it's, you think it that, but, but in my opinion, it's about as clean as you could make that concept, right? Like with, with the, the application and how it works. Yeah. I mean, the challenge is, uh, it's a ridiculous, it's like, you can go into so many different areas, so, so many different ways. And so there are compromises, you know, there are always mm -hmm. compromises that you have to make and it's, you know, that's, there are a number of compromises and that's just mm -hmm. how it goes with any project. Yep. Um, so for anybody that hasn't seen it, uh, I guess visually, if you were looking for it, so it's, it's twofold, right? So it gives people some immediate metrics or bars to shoot for, right? So imagine I'm climbing a, a ladder. It basically identifies like the first rung on the ladder I should be shooting for. Um, but also the visual of it is very nice. So uh, for most people, I know it's built off of the jujitsu kind of belt level, but visually it kind of looks like a periodic table is kind of what, exactly. what I, what I, um, so kind of walk people through that without, you know, diving. Cause it, it's, it, it's fairly intensive. In, it, yeah. It can get, it, it can get yeah. really complex. So there's like 350 squares, right. Yeah. And they're, they it's all go along and it's a little overwhelming. Honestly, this is something that we've worked a lot to really lower the complexity of it, but it starts with white on the left-hand side and it moves up to black and then red going all the way down from left to right. And then there are 50. Oh, you guys categories. added red. Yeah. So we have red okay. now okay. and it's the same red is now what black was. It, Got but it. We've blown out the beginner. So from white to blue is now there are many more steps. Got it. Between okay. White Got and it. Blue. 
Okay. And so, um, yeah, there, and it just goes from there are 15. So sorry. I'm like vertically, there are 15 categories. Mm-hmm. So going down, there are 15 categories and each one of these categories is sort of testing a different thing. We got like front mm-hmm. squat, upper body pull and so on. And then, yep. so someone will, will do an assessment in each one of these. And then they'll get like, if you imagine from left to right bar graph, of their mm-hmm. different strengths and weaknesses. So they'll have a big strength that ha- it goes all the way to the black and then they'll have some weaknesses to, that go all the way like into yellow or you know lower levels. And then someone just highlights their weaknesses and then they work on their weaknesses. That's kind of like yeah. the concept of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a linear ver- uh, version of like, okay, well, how do I get this overarching uh, umbrella of fitness? Which again, like most people are like, I have no idea how to do that. And uh, you know, realistically, like most people just come into the gym and as long as the programming isn't super wacky, they start working on a lot of different things. So they get a little bit stronger, they get a little bit faster, they get a little bit more agile, they start working all the 10 general physical skills. But which at some fun. point, which is great, right? Yeah, and and there, there's some beauty in, in the ignorance of like being new, right? Because once you For dive sure. down the rabbit hole, then it like quasi becomes uh, maddening. But so I, 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 to some degree, miss that part of being a CrossFitter. So like walking and be like, hey, well, what are we doing today? You know, just like, right, the, right. <laughs> um, I do miss that. And I like genuinely appreciate when the new people come in. They're just like, yeah, I'm just here. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm, I'm here because it's great. Yeah, um, super fun. <laughs> um, but it does kind of make that whole process a little bit more linear and breaks down what's the next immediate target, you know, versus like, I want to do Amanda, right? I want to do nine, seven, uh, five of muscle up and, um, uh, and snatch, right? Well, there's a pretty linear path, which most people would not agree with, but there actually is a, f- a fairly linear path in order to do that. Right. Right. Um, so this is where I think it can be valuable, but um, where it's probably more valuable is not the fitness component of it. Right. Like they're going to get fitter, but a little bit more uh, along the lines of something you mentioned earlier, which probably uh, most people probably glazed over, which is the the power of moments, which I know you're super big on. Yeah, it's a human. It's the human element. Right. It's like it's the achievement. Someone mm-hmm. comes in in a normal environment, like what we were talking about, there's so many things to be working on. So one day I'm doing this and this and this, but I don't really have handles on where I am. And I'm not, I mean, I have the PR bell, but it's not really quantified. And I can't, I can set goals. Like I want to deadlift five pounds more. But when you attach this outside label of a color or some sort of achievement, it just gives, uh, it gives you an opportunity to highlight that. And as an owner, that's like, big time number one thing is you got to be hammering on like people's achievements and rewarding them because they're not getting that in their normal life. Right. Yep. Nobody is, nobody's getting what they really want. Especially not now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where I think it's important. I, I also think it's super valuable. Um, so as you start your coaching journey, one of the things you that you start to become far more in tune with is what appropriate scaling looks like. And I think I'm fortunate enough at this point, which I could still get better at, but I'm fortunate enough where I think 99 times out of a hundred, you give me any athlete and give me any workout. I can pretty accurately determine the stimulus and I can pretty accurately get them into the stimulus without a ton of thought. I've just done enough classes and done enough coaching at this point. But for people that don't have, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, 12 years under their belt of coaching or haven't been an affiliate for a long period of time, haven't had the, the, the fortune of working with other people that are better than them. What this does is it kind of removes that burden of having to have knowledge that you shouldn't have yet, right? Meaning like, okay, well, I don't know that yet because I'm, I, I started three months ago. But this kind of outlines basically what we should be targeting here. And, and get, I think for a lot of newer coaches or newer staff or, or, or gyms that don't necessarily have that kind of expertise in-house, this is super valuable to get them in a spot where they're just like making good decisions with regard to people's fitness on a daily basis. Yeah, the decision making, I mean, man, that is, it's like 12 years, that's unconscious competence now. Like you don't even really have to think about it. You can't even really explain why you come to the conclusions is just the feeling. <laughs> Boom. Like, and someone's like, why is this? And it's like, well, I actually, I don't God, really I, know. I've kinda, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And so like when you have new coaches, and this is a big problem with gyms is like, 
you have a you have a coach that's with you and they start to get really good and then you know they're getting better and better and inevitably somebody you know eventually might want to do their own thing they might want to go mm -hmm. off and so you're you're churning out and you have new people coming in and how do you speed up their process or if you can't i mean you can speed up the process through the learning but how do you just make it so each class is going to be safe and there's going to be a consistent systematic way of delivering a, the same service every time and people mm -hmm. are getting the same sort of scales and that sort of thing and th that's really the level method really helps with that because it's just it's giving people a framework and so it's limiting the number of decisions that a coach has to make so they're still making decisions, but it's now within sort of this confine of like, it's control. You can't go yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you can't do something way out. And then you come into class, you're like, why did you have them do that? It's like, well, I thought that was good. You know, <laughs> well, that's what I did 10 years ago. Like, yeah, it wasn't good then. It's not good now. Um, yeah. So I think that's where it can be super, super helpful for new coaches. Um, along with, again, just one of the things that, myself specifically, and I would even say our gym has failed at over the years, is not only aggressively, but just consciously moving the goalpost back for people, right, in this journey of fitness, right, saying, okay, well, yeah, we, we want to be at X by Y, right, that's the, if you haven't read the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, that's one of their big things, like quantif quantifiable goals. Um, the, what this does because I mean, I learned a lot from it. And I told you this when we talked about when we went through it, uh, however long ago that was, there's so many more steps that we probably just haven't thought about between getting from A to B, you know, like think of it like a tape measure. A lot of us are like, I'm going to go from like from inch number one to inch number two. And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's 16 increments between there that I haven't really put enough thought into that could be super beneficial. And that's where I thought it was valuable. It's just like, Oh, you know, I didn't, yeah, that is, that is a better option than having them do what I was going to have them do. And that's where I think it's that you just, you guys have stuck so many more options that still kind of work out linearly to progress people along the path that I think it just, it's really valuable in that aspect as well. Yeah. It's like, it brings up the question of like how do you, mastery and the basics and the fundamentals and people more often than not wanting to go a lot faster than they should go. This is something that people just, they see something that somebody does. And this is like in every gym in the history of the planet, someone walks in and they see someone doing some amazing stuff and they're like, I want to do that. I want to, <laughs> I want to make other people feel the way I'm feeling right now, looking at that person do that thing. That's like exactly. what they think. Right. Yep. And in order to get there, it requires a, a ton of discipline and, and focus and time. And you, and you, if the, the, a great example of that is like Cirque du Soleil. Right. If you yep. look at Cirque du Soleil and you watch these guys and you're like, I don't even have an, a clue as to how they do it. I guarantee you they're not going back and doing what they're doing for their training. They're doing mm -hmm. like all sorts of really fundamental movement balancing, really sort of really boring type of stuff. But mm -hmm. it's been progressively loaded over many, many, many years and so this is a lot of things, pulling those clients back and then letting them see the journey and the path and plugging them into that. Then they, they just get so much better over time because they can see it, but it's hard to do. It's like one of the big things is everybody wants to jump ahead and they want to speed it up, but it's like, it's kind of boring to take a step back, but it is the, it is the pathway to mastery. It's boring to step back and do that typically in my experience because the path is not clear. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So the coach, uh, some, um, I watch somebody do muscle ups or attempt muscle ups is a better option. They fail at muscle ups. And then as a coach, I'm like, Hey, we just need to work on some upper body pulling because you physically can't pull the rings to a point where you could make a transition anyway. And that is the, that is correct. However, that's an identification of the problem. It's not a solution to solve the problem that gets them to where they want to be, which is on top of the rings, having completed a successful muscle up. So this idea that like, Hey, you just need to work on some pulling. Uh, while it is correct, it is not adequate mm -hmm. to get this person and to give them a visualization to say, Oh, I clearly understand what this path looks like and, right, how I, right. and how I need to navigate it in order to get there. So again, another added value there that I think uh, can really shed some light for some newer coaches that don't have a you know a big rolodex of scaling options and kind of going back to what you mentioned earlier the the unconscious competence is um the it's one of those things where occasionally i'll 
I'll break out a scaling option or a drill or something that no I forgot seen. about. That <laughs> I, well, no, no, I've, I've definitely never, <laughs> I've definitely never created anything in my life. But I will occasionally pull something out that I have that I forgot about mm. and I haven't used in probably years, and then people are like, "I've never seen that before," and I'm like that's not new. Number one, I just haven't used it in a long time. And I don't, couldn't even explain to you why that came to mind right now. Something happened. I was like, Oh, I've got a drill for that. And then I pulled that out and then we used it and it was effective, but that's not a good plan. That's a shitty plan, honestly. You know? Yeah. It's like, you look at the old school, like every once in a while, I'll go through CrossFit back from like the archives of like 2003, 2004. Some gems in there. Oh dude. It is just like, I can't believe the, the level of creativity and all these things. And it's just like, you, I, I can see how, you know, why, why it caught on so much and every, it's like, it's just so good. And then it obviously it evolves and morphs over many years. And then we get to the sport of fitness and now it's a, it's confined into a set number of things. And it's like, but you go back to the original and all those same things are still there ready to use. And there's all sorts of crazy drills and great ways. Like one of the great things about CrossFit is just their, how well they teach Mm -hmm. concepts you know concepts like it's just so cool the, the different things and the way to explain and that was really what hooked me in the early days I'm like damn mm -hmm. my, my mind was just blown in terms of the yep. elegance of some of these these descriptions and stuff you know yeah I think it's it was that I do think they do well and, and I've been fortunate to see kind of the inside of the machine obviously and been part of uh, that delivery but that's that's me kind of like sitting on the shoulders of other people basically just being a copycat quite frankly and just over the over the time adding my own little flavor to it in my experience um but all that stuff is really cool so for, so obviously people are going to go kind of check out what you guys do but kind of uh, but you guys two do, do you guys have two different things and correct me if i'm wrong because i know some things have changed you have the level method which is just this system of tracking and progressing people through but you also do programming as well correct yeah, so programming is a whole separate. It's a, essentially a different company. Like yeah, originally, yeah. when we first, when we first, when I built it out, I was in my gym and I was doing my own program for my gym. And the level method was a system that I started like just chatting with my other gym owner friends, and we were kind of getting into the low key into different places. Uh, and then as we started growing, we were just inundated with the requests for programming because it makes sense to tie it in with the levels and to do all yeah. those sorts of things. So you know, a year and a half ago, we got so many, we started doing programming and then it was just a, a, a roller coaster of all sorts of learning. We overhauled it many times. And so now, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different deliverable, but it's tied in with level method. Um, and it's all built around the levels, progressions and, you know, that sort of stuff, but it's a, it's a massive project. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree at all. And I don't even know probably half of it, but it does make sense because, Hey, if we're trying to tee up these moments, well, I want to do that intentionally. I, sh I don't want to just hope that we program something that allows us to check this box. I want, I want that to be set up systematically. Um, again, going back to what we were discussing before we hit record, which is like the difference between automation and systemization is like, if I'm writing programming, the programming should be written intentionally to achieve a specific goal. And in your case, with, with regard to the level method, what they're doing is I'm writing this to create a moment right? When that moment is a celebration of somebody's success, right? So if you, if you unpack this the whole way, it has nothing to do with programming, it has nothing to do with fitness. It's about celebrating a success and creating a moment for somebody that allows them to stay on the path of fitness and get the results long-term because we all know if you own a gym, turnover is a real thing. I don't care how much you tout retention, people turn over. Like it's impossible to, to uh, negate that completely. But you can do a lot to minimize it, like to get to that 1% churn. Uh, and that is only if people love it and their experience is amazing. So, right. Yeah. I think one of the big things with the programming is, <clears throat> you know, the assessment cycles are something that's built into the level method. And that's really what produces the power, the powerful moments. And, and originally the, the programming itself was really for 
me as a member, I know that I'm yellow or orange or whatever, and the coach knows that I'm that level. And so it makes the scaling and the, the, the delivery within class much more streamless, streamlined. We have big TV screens where all the workouts are up there. They're leveled out. Someone comes in, they know exactly what they're doing. Now, what Got you're it. saying, though, what you are saying is actually the direction that we're going which is Legion 2.0 programming, which is now the tests are built within the programming over Got time, it. like spread out as opposed to doing these massive assessment cycles. We still have yeah. that option, but yep. the big assessment cycles, you know, it's intensive and it can burn people out. Some people like to do it because they, they're that cut sort of, you know, gym and then other people don't. So what kind well, the of problem maneuvering? With, yeah. The, the problem with that is like, that might be how I work, but that's that's negating that there's somebody else on the other side of that equation so like that's probably not how your members work i mean like right i mean listen don't get me started on like if you change anything in the gym people will lose their mind be like if you oh. move the barbells three feet like people are like what'd you do with the barbells i'm like look six inches to the right like it's right <laughs> there um so yeah that was uh something when we did the assessment uh that was a friction point for us right it was just like oh man it was just like people are just like i don't like this and it wasn't that they didn't like it it's just that it was different right, right. and it's ownership right people take ownership of their gym their thing so if people really understand the, the why behind it, it it can work and you know it obviously does work and people do it but you know if there's a lot of changes that's the thing that really causes problems you know it's yeah. like a, an overhaul and they don't understand the vision the code you know they don't understand the why they don't understand these long-term things and then it's just like hey we're changing all this stuff that that is almost that's the biggest the biggest thing yeah you this is definitely not something you should roll out if you're doing a lot of other changes at the right. same time. Like I'll, I'll give you another weird example. So we were messing around with programming, like how we wrote it. And for the most part, like the programming didn't change. I mean, it's like, if you look at the flavor, like if I just gave you like, this is the, these are the workouts and this is the variations of the workout over the past six months, you'd be like, same person wrote it, right? Like, even though that's not true, but because, but because we displayed it differently, in Wattify, I mean, you'd have thought that we were stealing money from people. <laughs> like, yeah. People were like, I Piss. can't even read this. This is ridiculous. This programming is insane. And they're like, I can't even find the workout. And I'm like, A, you haven't done the workout. You haven't been in in a week. Well, I don't know what you're right. talking about. So I went in and I just rearranged it. And I like put, and I'm like moved a couple things around. And then the response was like, all right, back to normal. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, that, like... I mean, this is the biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves with, with gyms is the, the, when they let their members completely run and lead. And it's like the coaches and the owners have sh so much experience. They know what's oh. going on. And they, they, it's like they're the experts. And then a, a, a gym member that's been doing fitness for six months goes and complains. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, how are you? This is not how it's supposed to work. I'm not sure. I, I talked to John Briggs about this too, because John Briggs, because I, I think, you know, Johnny owns Inside yeah. Tax. And uh, he was just like, there is no, so John is a accountant by trade, but also owns a gym. And he was like, there is no other business on planet earth where the customers think they know as much as the person running Dude, the business it's so crazy it's <laughs> so crazy it's like years and years of this it's like people, people you know, are like come in <laughs> just lose their mind they're just like i think this is ridiculous i'm like how many prs did you have last month they're like a lot and i'm like how long have i been doing this they're like way longer than me and i'm just like i don't know what we're talking about right now <laughs> right right totally it's like i just I, we'll get this stuff and it's like you know, people say, Hey, my members are saying this. It's like, well, you have a conversation with your members and educate them on the reasoning behind all this. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's a, one of my biggest pet peeves. It, yeah, it is. It's definitely something every single gym owner has to navigate. And, and while it is comical, it is something you have to navigate. And I think For the sure. answer to that is exactly what you just said is um, I, I would more often than not, and, I, and I'm throwing myself in this bucket uh, very much. Uh, throw myself under the bus here and I've gotten better at it over years is communication is key. Like you have to, um, one of my kind of friends slash mentors, he's a, 
he owns uh he's a he's a client of mine he's uh he owns two chick-fil-a's right so okay. to a to get a chick-fil-a restaurant like they, they'll take twenty five thousand applications to get one and then if you are fortunate enough to be th- have your hat thrown in to get a second location th- now you're the one percent of the one percent so those dudes are like really sharp and um he gave me some feedback because we were doing some projects together on the side and he was like hey listen you like and this was a this was a, a problem that I unknowingly had from the military, which is I tell you what to do and you do it. And, and you don't ask there's questions. No, yeah, there's no, <laughs> it's just like, do this. Okay. Yeah. order. Go. And they're like, yes, sir. Go. Um, but that's not how the way the real world works. And it's all, and it's definitely not how client, uh, customer and, and provider works, right? Like you have to be what is described as a vision caster. And that is a exactly. skill that you have to develop over time. Like I have to clearly be able to define this vision and, and not only define it, but pitch it to you so that you buy in. Um, and that I've been really awful at in the past. And I would consider myself to be mediocre at it now. Um, but it is one of the fundamental skills. Like if you're going to be the leader of a tribe, which you are, if you own a gym, you have to start honing that skill. Like your communication needs to become one of your super skills. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too. Cause like to do it without ego, you know, so like Correct. to do it without like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're explaining it to them with patience and that like, it's just going to take a little while for you to understand, like from that perspective, because it's like, you know, the ego pops up and it's like, they should know, or they should just listen to me because I'm this, you know, like, uh, uh, well, kind of like I, you, you, it might be true, but at the same time, like you've got to meet them and really, you know, help them understand over time. And what should be acknowledged is your new folks don't know any different. Like if they've been there for a year or less, those are not my kind of air quotes, problem children. The problem children are also more often than not, my best clients, right? Mm -hmm. The clients that have been here for six years, they have some ownership of the place. Like they feel like they have a little bit of buy-in there. And so those are the people that, you know, in my experience, like you might need to give them a preview of that. Exactly. Bring them in. Bring them in. Right. And I'm not saying give them say so. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like you can mitigate this problem and and, and bring them into the process. Be like, hey, you guys are our, like one of the things we're getting ready to roll as an ambassador program. But bring them in and say, Hey, you guys are ambassadors. You guys fly the flag. Everybody looks up to you. We need you to help us roll this out. I need to explain to you the why. So almost consider them as part of the staff. Like they need to understand that vision too. So now they can communicate it because they're the ones that have the ear of everybody else. Exactly. Right. Like they're the one, they're the, they're your mavens, if you will. So you have to really figure out how to communicate to them and maybe even do it with them uniquely before you launch like the massive changes are coming. Um, yeah. It's like when we navigated this, I mean, the perfect example for me personally is when we navigated this gym move. So it's about the most uh, human, like there are so many human variables in, in this project. So we had this idea, we we're going to move the gym membership to another gym into another community with a different set of va- values and all sorts of stuff. And to do that for me to just, It'd be like, hey guys, this is what's happening. Everyone would just leave, right? Like they'd be like, what the hell? So it was like, there was a six month process where in the very early part, I brought in individual conversations with the most, all the coaches and the most, you know, veteran members. Yep. And then it, it sort of escalated. Then we did a call where I was explaining it and I was hammered hammered by questions every possible question and you just got to sit there and take it and answer the questions and let them see that they're still part of it and that they're being heard all of that sort of stuff and then you know the the project worked it 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 actually it was successful but it's like without that element it's going to be an utter failure every single time because you've got to respect each person right and like let them have their voice i also think it's worth at least acknowledging that when when you go through changes like that, you're looking through it via different lenses, right? So typically if I'm the one facilitating change, my focus is like the pluses. These are all the good things that are gonna happen. When they only see change, which is usually all bad, bad, right? So you have to acknowledge that, be like, yes, there's all these good things. Like you have to address people's fears, their concerns, 
and then start talking about the good stuff. But you can't just like, you can't just ignore the fact that people are freaked out that you changed a lot of stuff. And then you have to figure out like, what's the appropriate pace at which to roll these changes out. So they have time to acclimate. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you, when you look at sales copy or copywriting, I'm a big copywriting, it's overcoming objections, right? Mm -hmm. So you list out. So like, just as a quick actual example, we're moving to a different place. So people have questions around what's the parking going to be like? What's the prices going to be changed? Like what's the schedule? What's the schedule? All of these issues. So we actually literally wrote out all these things and then we address every single one of them up front. So then they're like, Oh, they're, they're proactive. They're thinking about this stuff. So it's like, that's a, and that's a great point. You know, that's like overcoming each one of those specific objections indicating that you thought it through, right? That's the most important thing. You've thought That's it the key. You thought it through. It, you, it, it at least has to somewhat appear that you've put some time and effort yeah. into addressing like what their fears are. And, if, exactly. it, and, you don't, and you don't have to hit them all. Like I would even tell you that if you hit above 50%, you've probably mitigated most concerns because I can always follow that up with, hey guys, we know you have more questions. We're going to continue to answer these over time. We don't have answers for all of them yet, but we know you have these questions. Right. Um, I think that's super important. Um, So you guys are making changes to that, to the, to the programming. Uh, Can you give us like a a sneak peek on that? Or is that, or is the big change just removing the assessment periods? Yeah. So that's, there's a whole bunch of different things that that are happening. A yearly cycle in terms of basing things on themes So, um, you know, making sure that there are fun things that are happening, that there are different uh, implement themes, you know, kettlebell or whatever. Uh, And then a big thing with the, with the pandemic is we've moved for the next six to eight weeks. So we were delivering at home programming. So what, what, what ended up happening was this happened. We put the, the core deliverable of the gym programming on the back burner and we're redoing program programs from last year so we're just sort of delivering that but then we shifted all of our focus to at-home programs so this was all body weight stuff we delivered 11 weeks or 77 days of that now we've moved back to our core deliverable because gyms are starting to open Mm -hmm. and so now there's a whole bunch of new set of things that are most important number one most important thing is that the members feel safe Mm-hmm. And that they're coming in and they're not having to freaking cross breathe and walk against each other and like go get a bunch of equipment and put the equipment back. So for us, everything is now self-contained units. Mm-hmm. So we have like everything's done, designed to be built into a thing where a client comes in and they just have to stay in place essentially for yep. the whole workout. And <clears throat> that's a whole creative, a new creative challenge. And I'm big. I love that. I love that sort of those sorts of challenges. Well, I think for that, I mean, there are businesses that are, that are built on that model, like Orange Theory is one of them. They're like, this is your mm-hmm. station. Now, not every gym can facilitate that largely because they weren't designed with that in mind. So, cr- right. you know, cross traffic wasn't something that when I designed, well, A, because most people don't design their gym. I lease a space and it is what right. it is. So I, I just have to deal with it. Um, but there, now people are thinking about that, which is good. You know, people are thinking about what's the logistics? What is my actual operational capacity like how many athletes can i put uh, put in here safely um but also the i think the unintended consequence of that is gonna be people are gonna come out of this with much better organizational skills like For the sure. classes i mean i've been in i can tell you the number of gyms i've been into where there there was just no organization i mean it was just basically a, a like a free-for-all like the no the coach didn't tell people where to put their equipment it was like there was a line of barbells in the like the worst possible place ever like right in front of the roll-up door when there's running and i'm like we didn't think this through did we like we (laughs) you know so stuff like that so i think now what this is going to help people uh with is you know if we're we're going to use like the crossfit level two the six criteria group management this is part of Mm -hmm. group management like your ability to manage a group and make sure that people can feel safe, feel organized, but it's also going to make your class more efficient. You know, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not waiting for the six minute transition for everybody to get their barbell because, you know, people can't figure out which ones are the men's and which ones are the women's, even though they've been there yeah. for six years, you know? So um, I don't know if you know Oscar from, uh, he's in uh, Sweden and he like a two brain guy. And uh-huh. early on in the, in the programming, um, you know, I, I come from a program des- individual program design background. So that's sort yep. of like the way I approach a lot of stuff. And so it's sort of, 
sometime in the early days of gym programming, it was kind of on the boring side in some cases, logistically kind of weird. And I got yep. the feedback from him about flow, like, hey, let's work on the flow of the class more. And so I put my attention on that and we just doubled down on that. So the flow was really good. But now with this pandemic, it has taken that idea and put it on steroids. Now we're thinking of every single possible. So the warm up t ties in directly into the, w the workout with in terms of equipment and everything all tied. Yeah. And so it's very streamlined and I don't have to be going back and forth and getting a bunch of stuff, but it's all been thought out beforehand. And so it's a cool opportunity. We're going to take a lot of these concepts moving forward and, and continue to kind of implement them. Um, but the, the programming project is always evolving. You know, that's how, just how it is because there's so many things to do and learn. So many things to do. And I think, again, it's one of, like we get questions all the time and I get questions like, like the DM just all day long. Be like, hey, how do I, you know, I'm trying to run a more efficient class. Like what's the, what's the best thing I could do to make myself more efficient? And it sounds like a weird punt answer, but it's not. I'm like, do you prepare? Like, right. what is the preparation on the front end for this class? Like, if you haven't walked through your own lesson plan, if you haven't thought about the scenario of what if I have 15 people in the class and I have 10 rowers, like, what do I do? If I haven't thought about things like, what if we run out of barbells? If I haven't thought about and then you're things like, like oh, 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 in the right? moment. Like, yeah. like so, so it's one of those things where I'm like, hey, listen, in order to be yourself, right? So, you know, like, let's say you do have like a good personality, like in order for the class to be fun, right? In order for people to smile, in order for me to think about having a human interaction rather than facilitating a class, like I'm doing both simultaneously, but I, I, I want my athletes to feel acknowledged and plan for get, it. Yeah, plan for it, right? If I want to, if I want to have the bandwidth to have these interactions that are important, I can't be thinking about all that other stuff. That, that all needs to be done beforehand. Exactly. The lesson plan, where the equipment's going to go, where I want to be at what time, and how we're going to do that. That's how you. That's how. That's when you see a class when you're like, that was amazing. Like that coach taught a lot. Everybody was having a good time. The thirty minutes felt like five for the warm up. Like that's not an accident. Right. That none right. of that is by accident. That is all somebody who's has a plan, understands what they're supposed to be doing, has dialed in the, the components of being a technician, but then really is leveraging and pulling those levers of human interaction. Right. Having those one on one conversations, saying names, getting touch points, all those things. It, it's all the preparation on the front end. So I'm hoping people are starting to realize that and, and that curtain, whether it's accidentally pulled back or not, is starting to really come to light for people. Yeah, it's, it's like what you just described is like success, right? A successful class is built mm -hmm. on intention. And at yep. a micro level, you have this micro experience of the class. If you go out a couple levels higher, it's the same set of skills, just at a bigger, higher level. And it's like with mm -hmm. the gym, be intentional, plan mm -hmm. your stuff out, have the outcome defined, and then build your plan to do it and make it happen. And, but it goes down all the way through every level, you know, and it's like, it's a great example of living intentionally with your classes and with everything, intention and planning. You can't, I mean, what the hell else are you going to do? Well, the, I think the tough part, and again, I've, I've been this person and I actually used this kind of COVID shutdown to, to restructure, to like, to redefine bandwidth. all of those things. Yeah. Right. It's to free up bandwidth. And, um, but most of us get into it because like it, it, we were passionate about it. Like it had some sort of significant impact on our lives. And then we just go through the constant fire drill of like mm -hmm. trying to be successful. And that rat race doesn't, it doesn't end well if you can't figure out how to how to pull yourself out of there, start to streamline things, you know, figure out how to remove all the things from your plate by whatever. Maybe it's using a VA, maybe it's just planning a little bit better, and then figure out like how do I do the most important thing, which is create these moments, have these have these touch points, because that's what brings people back. Like nobody gives a shit of how good you are teaching the snatch. Like I don't I don't care. There's like one person, it's like Coach Bergner. Everybody's like, yeah, I would love that dude to teach me the snatch, but that's it. Like he's like the only guy um, outside of it's that. They just yeah. Right. And, and that's because he's who he is and he's right. also charismatic, right? He's also in, in, if you've ever been in one of his classes, he's doing that as well. He's having those interactions. It's not that he teaches the snatch better than anybody else. It's no, that no, his yeah. class is more enjoyable than everybody yeah, else. It's the qualitative aspects of it. It's yeah. not just the, just the, the snatch itself, you know, it's, yeah. it's the, the elements, but yeah, yeah I was going to say something, but, 
I forgot now. <laughs> That's what, right. were you say, what were you just saying before that? Um, I don't know. I was rambling. Um, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how people come out of this and, and like what tweaks and stuff that they've made to their processes and all that stuff. Um, I, I think it's gonna be cool. This is realistically a time where I think it's, it's option. I think it was a potentially good time for CrossFit as a whole to come out better. Yeah. I think like th there's a lot of things like you, I remember what I was going to say, it's about bandwidth and, and yep. warrior stuff. So in that myth mythological sort of yep. ideal, you have King and warrior and you need both. The King is the planner, the person that's looking at the high level and directing and offering blessings and all these sort of things. Then you have the warrior who's the person that's in the grind, that's doing it. It's the person on the floor. And I mean, I spent the first five, four or five years as that person just grinding, going, doing classes, trying to figure out and never really getting any traction. And so the best thing, the best recommendation that I have around that specifically, if anybody's finding themselves in that position where it's just difficult to get traction, you got to block out nice chunks of time specifically on the calendar for thinking time. And I, I've learned, I, learned that i don't know 10 years ago and it was always in my head a great idea like yeah i should i should probably do that but once you do that and you start to think things through and you do all you go through all the things that you've been meaning to do and you get them done then you can really start getting that traction and i think that's one thing that the the pandemic for a lot of people has allowed it's been it's allowed some breathing room of like let's alleviate that day-to-day -day operation and a lot of people just took the time to rest they didn't even really do the planning, which is great because the adrenal also important. Yeah. yeah, the adrenal everything needs to kind of come up to place. But now as you're coming forward, identifying what the thing is that you want, identifying the parameters for the success. So like in classes, identifying what they want. And the only way to do that on, in a pragmatic level is to schedule it. You've got yeah. to schedule it. It's the like it comes down just to that. Schedule it and make it happen. It's the only way. It was, uh, so I've been working with uh, Marcus Gersey for past, and, and, and he and I have been friends for years, but this is the second time I've worked with him on a professional level. And that was one of the first things we kind of went through was like, hey, let's, let's, let's clear all the clutter and just mm -hmm. let's identify like, what do you want? Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, that's a good question. Why the hell that. didn't I? <laughs> 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 that seems so profound. Um, yeah. but that's, it's important, but it's really difficult again. Like, and I, I still, to some extent live that life every single day. It's hard to cut that time out because the gym is going and it's hustle and bustle and people are walking by my office and like, you got a second. I'm like, not really, but come on in, you know? So it's that, but that really is what it was is like, I had a lot of time to sit and think and just unpack my own thoughts and my own feelings and figure out like, what am I happy with? What am I not happy with? Why am I not happy with it? Should I get rid of that? Or should I just fix it or, or what, you know? And then like, right. like how, what is the next thing that I could do that would actually like be twofold, make me happy, which is then probably going to make my members really damn happy because I know what's important to me, which is making them happy, but I got to be happy in order to do that. So I hope people have used this time to do that. And I was just telling Marcus the other day, I was like, like last week, I think it was, I was like, this is the first week in a long time where I was like, man, that's just, that was like good work day. Like I felt good oh, about oh, the yeah. day. The best. You know, I had, had like good moments. Like I got to interact with people. Like I got shit done and, and it felt like there was forward progress versus just feeling busy. You know? Yeah. It's like, there's a, there's a, a an acronym OPA, OPA. And you have this, uh, the definition, anytime you feel, I do these all the time in every day I do them for my weeks. I do them every in the moment I'll do them. If I'm like confused about something and it's outcome, purpose, action. Okay. So you have your outcome. So what you said earlier about casting vision, mm -hmm. that's a skill. It's very difficult to do, but it, it goes from a big level down to the little level. Like, what do you want? So if like, you want to have an outstanding day. You're like, I want to have just an outstanding day. Okay, that's the outcome. Now, why do you want it? Because you're going to end the day, you're going to feel fulfilled, you're going to feel satisfied. It's going to, you're going to feel like, man, I can sleep well. I, you know, at the end of your night, you feel totally good. Okay, now what actions would need to happen in order for that to happen for you to have? So what are the literal actions that would have to go onto the schedule for that to happen? Then you rank them in, in priority. 
And then you have your recipe for your day. And this recipe, what I found in my own life, is the recipe pretty much stays consistent. I mean, sometimes it'll change, but yep. once you know your recipe and you can bring yourself back to your recipe, like mm-hmm. I wa- I'll take walks, I'll do mm-hmm. some breathing, I'll do, and it's like, I know that when I do those things, I feel better. So that's why I do them because I have this outcome of wanting a, a, to feel like I had a really great day. And so once you've defined that, then you have your little recipe and you might have it with other things in your business or whatever. What do you want? Okay, well, what needs to happen? What's the priorities, right? It's like It's important, but we're all, we're most people that that get into the game of training like um, are givers, right? They want to help other people. And then we fall into the trap of we do it at our own expense. Exactly. Like I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. And it's like, hey man, you can't pour from a cup that's empty like that's just not helping yeah, anybody it's not so help. and i'll give everybody a perfect example so I'm, I'm in this schedule i'm like it's really really good and then i have a client who came back she was doing some covid stuff out in san francisco she's a nurse and just like crushing herself she's like hey i really want to get back into some personal training she's like my, my only option is the morning so i was like cool i was like i'll do it but it's three weeks because i know how i operate best and because she wants to do it early morning and it has nothing to do with me wanting to get up early in the morning. It doesn't matter. But it's when I time. do, it's my time, right? So like in the mornings is gym, typically where like I get my day together yeah, and I can gonna plan. It's going to everything, right? <laughs> yeah, it will. So I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to do that. And I know that my efficiency is going to drop in those three weeks. And that's why I was like, Hey, it's three weeks and that's what I'll give you. And then we're going to figure out something else after that. But like, I'm going to give you those three weeks. Um, because of what you just went through and I'm trying to get you back on track. It's a compromise, but that clarity that you have knowing that the sacred time is so important for you to be able to be fulfilled in other areas. This is something that most people, they don't, they're not living with intention in that way. They're not seeing that. Like if I give this up, I've done it before and every single freaking time I do it, it just ruins all sorts of things that the wheels come off in all sorts of ways that I didn't anticipate, you know? Yep. So it's one of those things where you have to say no and it's like, Oh, well they're going to pay me for personal training. I'm like, yeah, but could you not make that up somewhere else by just having the time that you need and then doing it a different way? Um, so I, yeah, I don't think it's like you should never let those, those boundaries be breached, but like you just have to be aware and go back to what you said. You have to break them intentionally. Like if you're going right. to break it, you have to knowingly break it exactly. and be like, oh, I'm going to break it for this time. And then I'm going to go back to it because that's what I need because that's what the team needs. And that's what the gym needs. Exactly. So, um, well, dude, this has been awesome. Yeah, I'm man. up. I'm up. Fin- I'm finished. Close. I'm finished. I'm finished coaching classes, but I'm ready to go again. Well, it's like, it's like, dude. Uh, so the other, just last night, I do. A, I call them OPAs. OPA. Yep. The, the framework of OPA is also known as RPM, Results, Purpose, Massive Action Plan, which is the entire system that Tony Robbins put together yep. in a course called Time of Your Life, which is a super really. Robust, I've gone to that course. I don't know how many times. But oh really? I'll do. Oh man, that's like my one of my biggest obsessions is is that because it's like Jay's, it, Jay Jay went to one of his a long time ago, and like I actually always thought Tony Robbins is a weirdo until I started doing some. Uh, I mean, he probably is a little bit weird, but uh, I started looking into it, and I was just like, oh no, no this is legit. And like oh, the number of people that I've talked to that have gone to, and I was somebody I was talking to just recently went one, and they were sitting next to this. Uh, I think this dude's like a billionaire with a B. And he was talking to him and he put him at this table and he's like, yeah, he's like, I come to this course twice a year. <laughs> Dude, it is. I went to, I went to the, the, uh, unleash the power within, uh, last summer and I walked okay. on the hard, the coals and all that shit, you know, like do it. Like it just, it, dude, you're jumping around like a, you feel like a complete retard, like, but it's, it's all right. It's like, it's part of the experience. You're doing yep. it for a whole bunch of meta reasons and yeah. you're just going through the experience of it. But I left that thing like with a whole new like view of like, like training yourself through different yeah. modes, right? Using different, you know, state and beliefs and all this sort of stuff. But yeah. the, the, the course that he has, you can get it. It's like 250 bucks and you just get it. It's RPM and he walks you through this whole thing. And it is a ridiculously intensive course. It is the most, I mean, to get is it like, it is, like you do it online or how does it work? No, no, it's audio. So he has oh, audio. There's okay. like a workbook got it, got it. and all this sort okay. of stuff. And I've been for the past couple of years, I've probably gone through it 10 times. I just going, okay. going, going. Cause it's so confusing in like a weird like way. And so, but I, I've implemented it a lot in all of my planning, but I do OPAs for like my evening. So sometimes I'll have just a badass day and I'm like all of my project work. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, running 
15 projects of different sorts mm -hmm. of, I'm same with you, right? But all these different yeah. projects and you, you have to know when to plug into the project to get the project moving forward. And then you, you have to come out of a project and go into another project. And, yep. You know, you have these things throughout the day. So I'm just having this blazing day. I finish my day. And then I'm like, my mind is like, well, what do I want to do now? And I'm like, <laughs> I have all these things. I'm like, oh, I could do this. I could read that. I could, I have this other thing that I want to do. And so all it goes is onto a list and I do an OPA and boom, I freaking have my recipe in 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah man, it is so, it's so freeing. It's like, that's, the the, that's, thing. that's what I, that's what I've come to know about myself is, um, a, I can be a little scatterbrained and I've described myself as like, I'm, I'm the king of just building the plane while you fly it. I'm just like, fuck it. We'll figure it out. Like, right. um, well, because, well, and I know, so unpacking why I'm like that, because in the military, like it was a, like a supply planner, right? Supply logistics. And it's a disaster, right? Like everybody's just like, Hey, we need you to solve this problem. So you just become Damn. the king of solving people's problems and be like, don't ask me how we did it. Like, but here's the result, right? So knowing uh, that I get joy out of basically like achieving tasks is something you have to tee up for yourself. So like what I'll do is every day, I'm like, what are the three things that I need to do today? Not that are necessarily going to make me feel good, but I'm like, what are, what are the three things that if I don't do today, are going to annoy me to no end when I go to sleep at night, right? Which then gives me joy that I got them done, but I have to, I have, I have to identify them differently now. The and negative. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what is going to piss me off? Right. If I don't have it, get to check that box by the end of the day. And I'm like, all right, that goes on the list. Like that's gotta happen today. Yeah. And I found that I've had better success with that than I do with, cause I'm not necessarily looking for like wins, right? Like that's just the way I am. I'm not looking for pats on the back or anything like that. I'm just like, like I get really annoyed from failure and if I don't get it done, then it becomes a failure. So I think unpacking things like that is super important as well. Yeah. I look for satisfaction. I'm just yeah. looking, I want a satisfied day. I want to end my day with that. Like, mm, yeah, I got it. I got it done and I can now disconnect. So every day I disconnect mm -hmm. after I finish my, my closeout, it's a disconnection of I am unplugged. There's nothing that's going to touch me. It's freedom. It's like that sensation that when you go on, yeah. on vacation, you know, and you've really yep. taken care of all your shit before you went. And then now you're like, and you can actually go oh, on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's like, I aim for, I'm trying to hit that every day because then you get these little micro vacations and the mm -hmm. sustaining element is just incredible. Like you can just keep on going, but it's, it, well, the then you're that person. Yeah. And then you're that person or like, how in the hell do they do How Do they operate at that capacity exactly. for so exactly. long? Like yeah. you look at artists, you look at these yep. great historical figures, they, that's what they're doing. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just, if you can figure out what your recipe is and you can have it and then you can do those things and you finish your day, man, it's like, it's like, you can't, you live, you live a, your perfect day, you know, it's your perfect yeah. day each day. If, uh, on the OPA stuff, is that, is that like a form of, I'm, I'm still trying to unpack that a little bit. Is that a form of journaling or do, or do you journal? Yeah, I'm a big journaling was probably the first thing that I got into that really started giving me traction on all the freaking craziness in my life in terms of got like it. all the different interests, you know, you know, mm -hmm. take a dive into one thing and then everything else falls away. Then you, you forget about that and you go to something else. And journaling is, uh, I just do a, a very simple sort of journal, but the OPA is much more, it's much more planning. It's much it. more defining what it is and having a very clear, and you can go very big. So um, all of big plans are done in bigger OPA. So you have big mm -hmm. vision. You have, so you have a, and it goes to your life too. So what's yep. your biggest vision? That drops down into projects. The projects drop down into blocks of actions, mm -hmm. the, which are OPAs. The OPAs then drop down into physical actions. And these all migrate from a year plan down into a monthly or a week plan. I do weekly plans. And then Got the it. weekly plans, they, they morph into my daily. So this is actually an example of my week plan. I do a, a, a written week plan every day. Oh, God. You're that guy. You're that guy. Yeah, I'm the guy. For those that. of you who couldn't see that, he's just imagine what you think he pulled up and put on the screen. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of shit that is like listed out with a bunch of different <laughs> items. And so these things, they trickle down into my days. And I find yeah. I, I just feel better when I have it that, done that that's way. That's really cool. I dig it. Um, well, listen, man, we've, uh, we've covered a lot here. I think this is really good, but I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, anything else you want to throw out there with regard to level method, like stuff you guys got coming down the pipe or any of that stuff? 
Well, one of the big things is we're doing, we're working on substitution categories now. So um, like with running or lactic tolerance, doing air bike substitution. So we're developing data so that people that can't necessarily do those tests will have options. Meaning um, so like quantifying uh, if you're going to run a 400 meter, what would the equivalent be on the bike? Yeah. So like the running is, you know, it goes up to a mile and the run, the, the air bike test, uh, will have equivalency. So I Got can, in, if I can't run, I can do the air bike and I, I get my, my score that way. Uh, so that's very cool. And then that is cool. Yeah. That's like the, one of the big things that we've had people request is having some sort of substitution categories. Um, we're working yeah, on that's a, a weird, that's a weird one because again, it's one of those things like, unless you've played around with that, like a thousand times, like I'll do this all the time and I'll, and somebody will, they're like, what should I do? And I'm like, switch that, change it over. You're going to do it for this long. And they're like, how have you done that? I'm like, cause I've done it a million times. Like right, I know right. that it's not a one-to-one, it's not even a 75 to one. Like it's, it's this weird number. And I don't even know how to explain that's how the number is, but that's what it is. Um, that's cool though. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a big one. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we have lots of, uh, on the programming side, just the Legion 2.0 stuff. And now yeah. we're just ramping up everything from a, from a post, you know, hopefully soon post pandemic perspective of you yeah. know, getting all of everything, what kind of went on hold, like a lot of yeah. different projects went on hold. We just stopped in place. So now we're sort of rebooting a lot of those, but it's, um, it's that's cool. cool. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Check them out on Instagram, guys. Because, um, but you guys do like a newsletter too that people can sign up for, right? Or like a so, like a mailing list kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you go there, you can okay. check it all out. Cool. Um, well, listen, brother, this was fantastic. I enjoyed it, so thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys next time. See you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor: head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at bestouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.